What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Unsportsmanlike Conduct Podcast with me and my co-host, the boy with the overlay to the NBA, my boy, Justin. It is November the 24th, 2020. Hope everybody enjoys their Thanksgiving weekend. Hope everybody on, Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, y'all. You heard him, my co-host. And we have a big show for you guys. Um, obviously, we're going to try to make it almost like a kind of fest- festive kind of episode. Um, we have a lot to talk about. There's been a lot of action going on in the NBA. And this episode is going to be a special one because we're going to be covering exclusively NBA free agency and also the overlay on the NBA draft this past Wednesday. And I just want to start things off, Justin, by saying, bro, we had one hell of a week last week. Um, the NBA draft um, started off and we saw the first overall pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They chose Anthony Edwards. What's your thoughts on it? Did you think, I mean, was there any debate on it? We saw Golden State take James Wiseman with the number two overall um, pick, but did you think anything of it? Like, did you think there was a chance that they were trading it? Um, it Like, during the day, like, I had, like, hope that they would. But then, like I said last episode, like I said, once um Devin Booker actually got Chris Paul, I already, I already knew, like, it was most likely that they weren't going to get a trade done because uh, Booker was either going to – force his way out if he didn't get help or, you know, he'll try to, like, get with his bros in Minnesota. So when he actually did get the help and the Suns knew that, that that's the only way they could keep him. I already knew, like, the trade value for that pick would have been out of the uh, the way, and there was really no one else really that Minnesota could have acquired besides Booker. So I already knew, like, they would keep the pick. However, I was shocked that um, they didn't change their mind on Edwards because it was like, I ain't gonna lie, bro. He said, the, I don't know if you saw it or not, but he said the craziest thing before the draft. He was talking about how uh, he wasn't into basketball like that. And I did that see that. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was talking about he was not into basketball like that. And that if the, if if he had a chance in the NFL, he would leave the, the basketball. And I was like, wow. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe – I'm like, yo, is he trolling right now? Like, is he trying <laughs> not to be a, a, a Timberwolf right now? And it was like, wow. Like, to say that hours before the draft, like, you will have a lot of guts. And, <laughs> yeah. You're not You're not lying. I, I'll say this, though. He had one heck of a – um, his his story, I mean, his his um upbringing and his um story up to the draft was amazing, Um, how ESPN covered it. You know, I think you saw this – um. He lost both of his um both his um mother and grandmother to cancer. So in a sense, you know, he had to grow up fast. But the fact that um they they kind of compared him a little bit, not so much, but they they compared um the fact that I think he's the first athlete since Dominique Wilkins um to go um first um overall and then out of Georgia. Yeah. Um and you know, um I found that interesting simply because um I would say they both play um uniquely um different from one another but they both have that one um unique similarity and that's that they have crazy bungees they i mean their jumping ability and how they get to the basket is pretty impressive wouldn't you say oh definitely um uh, hopefully he has a good career like dominique you know but um to see a uh, atlanta prospect um you know become number one and you know yeah put put that city back on the map you know, as far as basketball, um, hopefully he he does live up to expectations. I also um, 
then realized that the coach that coached him in Georgia, he was a former coach for Dwayne Wade and Victor Oladipo. So he knows a little too a thing about shooting guards. So I think this, I think Edwards is definitely going to be a star just because Dwayne Wade said that himself, like he was better than he was coming out of college. And I was like, wow. If D. Wade himself could say that, like, you know, I think his ceiling is really going to be um, high. And uh, I think, like, he really has a, a bright future if he really, like, you know, puts in the work and, you know, co-hosts really good with the, uh, the other two stars on Minnesota. Oh, and the fact that you even brought up that coach, I think you're talking about Tom Crean. Um, yeah, 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 Tom Crean. Yeah, he – um, I, I, I've always liked Tom Crean, especially because I like that you brought this up. Dwayne Wade is my favorite player of all time out of the NBA. I mean, his story oh, yeah. alone. I, mean, I feel like everyone, like, grew up on Dwayne Wade. Like, for me, like, Dwayne, like, Kobe's my favorite player of all time. I know, like, people would say Kobe's their favorite of all time just because now of his passing. But, like, seriously, like, he was my favorite player of all time. But if I had a runner-up in that discussion, definitely it was D-Wade. Like, I always grew up watching him, like, you know, the Flash nickname. I think that was cool. Like, you know, he just, yes, like, for my generation, for our generation, bro, I feel like Dwayne Wade was really impactful. And I think that uh, people should really give him more credit than, you know, that he's been given already in his life, in, in his lifetime. And I think that D-Wade really, like, put a stamp on it for guards like him. Oh, that, that, that's not even a debate, bro. I like that you brought that up. And we're, we can obviously have a whole hour discussion about Dwayne Wade. And hopefully we will in a future episode. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, speaking about um, – but moving along in the NBA um, – what I really want to start is we should be covering and, and just starting out. Everybody wants to know what's going on, obviously, with the New York-based um, organizations, the Nets, and obviously the New York Knicks, how draft night went for them. But um, before we even get started on that, let's start with free agency. And it kicked off on Sunday, and we saw the Los Angeles Lakers. They acquired Dennis Schroeder from Oklahoma City. I was telling you yeah. this before um, – I was telling you this before the the um the weekend or free agency even started. Sam Presti to me is the best general manager in the NBA because I feel like he's not just Houdini. There's more to it. Somehow he strikes at a perfect time, but he continuously flips what looks to be um almost like something at the tail end that he won't get anything in return. And somehow he ships Dennis Schroeder from um, Oklahoma City, and he ships him to the Lakers. So the Lakers get a great six-man. We saw how Dennis Schroeder has um, um, changed his career from coming from Atlanta, being that that young, good guard. But now a lot of people feel like he got snubbed for the six-man of the year that was won by Montrezl Harrell, who himself, he signed with the Lakers, ironically. But um, we've seen what he's done in his career so far. So the Lakers get Dennis Schroeder, but – Let's not forget a couple hours later, less than maybe 48 hours later, we find out that on draft night, Sam Presti acquires Al Horford and, a, and an additional um, first round um, pick in 2023, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I'm going to check right now. But he attached two picks to um, the Al Horford trade and he acquires an aging Al Horford, but still a, a good um center so what's your um thoughts on that how Sam Presti continuously just keeps shocking um it um just continues to, to build up his resume um 
I think he's doing a pretty good job, you know. Um, it's really impressive to see, like, in this new era, like, you know, we all know OKC is starting over. And that was just a personal decision for him, even though they made the playoffs. He knew in the long run um, they weren't in the championship team, so he decided to break it up. But I didn't I didn't know how it would work. But but looking at it now, it's really impressive just because now they can build around Shea Alexander, who they know is going to be a future all-star on that team. And he's really young and promising. So having multiple of those first round picks for the next four or five years and building around a player like Shea not only puts them in a position to dominate after the errors of Los Angeles and the Clippers and all those guys fade away and put OKC in a great position to run away with the Western Conference in the near future. Because, I mean, when you look at it, you've seen the Sixers they were successful when they did the process of rebuild and they was acquiring a lot of picks and ended up getting Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons out of it. So it's going to be a lot of hit and misses with those picks, but I think that it's going to be more hits just because they have so many of them. And I just know for sure, like, um, Shea Alexander is capable of playing with anybody. Um, he's, he's a really a great young player. And I think that Sam Presti, uh, he did a tremendous job with this, and he's going to have a lot of cap also. So I think even if he doesn't want to keep those picks, like every single one of them, he's going to use them for trade value. And, uh, yeah, they're going to just – they're going to dominate, bro. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. They're going to – I really see a future with that team. Uh, and I really think that he did a great job of um, handling this situation. I think when we look back at it, I think um... – Sam Presti's um, resume just reads as you drafted three oh, Hall yeah, of yeah. Famers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah um, like that, right there, like, shows you. Yeah, three Hall of Famers, you know. I mean, he made a finals appearance with those guys. And you got to remember, uh, he drafted every single one of those players. So he exactly. knows how to – he knows what exactly what to do. Like he, when he gets these picks, he's going to know exactly what to do with it. And, you know, it's going to be exciting to see because you never know. Like, what if we get the new Kevin Durant? on OKC, you know, you never know what he's going to come with. And, um, yeah, I think he's, I think, yo, this is going to be crazy, bro. Like, I just can't wait. I think I agree with you, though. He is the best general manager right now. Um, I would have said Danny Ainge, though, from Boston. I would, he, he probably, to me, Danny probably is in reality the best. I say yeah, yeah. the, 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 I say Sam Presti is more of the, the man that's going to replace him. But you're right. It's probably Danny simply because he's got the championship resume to him. And also it's just the mystique oh, yeah, that comes yeah. with him. You know what I mean? He won I, I as also a player. Feel like he earned, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I feel like, um, honestly, like Danny isn't giving credit as much as he deserves, even though we know he's the best. But I feel like, you know, the fact that he even capitalized off of draft picks, you got to remember, he's took draft picks from the Nets, one team alone, and made that into T- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Right, and that's pretty, and that's pretty damn good because you know the Nets were struggling for years, but they they were they were able to acquire those picks, and they were losing for like one or two seasons when they lost Kevin Durant, um, Kevin Garnett, and uh, Paul Pierce, and they turned that into Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum right away, and we see what's going on now. They're both two superstars in itself, and you know, you know, Danny Ainge since he's been the general manager for Boston, they they never really fell off. Honestly, they uh, oh absolutely you know, not right. Yeah, yeah, they've been they've been um competing for like about fourteen years now. I would say. Oh, for sure. Um, and and real quick, um, 
before we um move on, well, not exactly, but um, real quick, what what was your opinion um this past weekend when you found out um the news that I mean Danny Ainge got it, he got it done. He he didn't waste no time and he wasn't playing any games. He locked up um Jason Tatum five years, one ninety five um to the max. So yeah. he knows his value in his young um studs and his young stars. So what what's your opinion on that? I believe that Jason Tatum definitely earned that contract. You know, he's definitely a max caliber player. Um, I think now that we look back at uh, the 2018 draft class, we got to consider him probably the best one. Although we thought it was Bilonzo. Uh, yeah, Jason Tatum by far has been the the, um, the most promising. Donovan Mitchell is right there along with him, but I would definitely say Jason Tatum. Um, he's taken him to the Eastern Conference Finals his first year, I believe. Um, and then follow up two years later, back in the conference finals this summer, even and although they came up short, you can see that you know even though they lost, they had, they're they're going to be right back at it, and there's going to be a lot of years that they're going to probably be either in the conference finals or the finals itself. So I think that Jason Tatum definitely earned his money, and the NBA he could be the new face of the NBA, honestly, along with you know the other greats like Luca right now. You know I think. Tatum's definitely in that, you know, top 10, top five superstar uh, range in a couple of years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you said it perfectly. And speaking of um, superstar potential and the future of the NBA, that core group of um, just young stars in the making, we saw it this past playoff. We've, we've actually seen it in the last really like three and a half years, but this kid emerged out of nowhere about three and a half years ago out of Louisville, but a lot of people that passed up on him, those that didn't, and well, this specific team sure didn't. This kid out of Louisville, Donovan Mitchell, we've seen what he's done. And he also signed his max um, this past weekend. So what's your opinion on that? On anybody who thought, hey, there's a chance that that young, that young kid might get moved if they don't get it done. So um, what'd you think about the max? Um, signing by Donovan? Uh, I feel like, yeah, like you said, Donovan, people slept on Donovan. Coming into the draft class, I believe he slipped to uh, the 15th pick, and yes, uh, I know people are. I know people are kicking themselves right now for even doing that. <laughs> um, as we see that Donovan Mitchell from day one, um, from yeah year one, he was in the playoffs in the Western Conference, a top five team, and it was impressive because he knocked off Oklahoma City, who were the favorites in that round, and you know I think he earned his name right then and there. Um, I also believe, you know, when he was the runner-up for Rookie of the Year, because, you know, Ben Simmons, he was injured the year before, so his his rookie year was practically 2018. And, um, you know, we all knew Donovan Mitchell would have won that easily if Ben Simmons wasn't considered a rookie again. So just the fact that, you know, his first three years, three or four years, has been all, like, you know, playoff appearances and, you know, just straight consistency from him. He's a bucket-getter. You know, you know, that's what he does. He's, we've seen in the playoffs this past uh, summer, you know, he averaged the most in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, he earned that and he's the leader of Utah. And, you know, without him, Utah's really just a lottery team. So I think he earned every dollar. Oh, I think I think you put it on um, the nail to the coffin. The difference between the MLB, the NBA and the um, well, the MLB and the NFL those are, are um, teams, I mean, I said teams, those are sports in which not only um, there's 40-man um, rosters and you're talking in the NFL like 50-man um, 
55, I believe, um, man rosters. But in the NBA, it's a 15-man roster. Literally, one player can decide whether you're winning a championship or not. So yeah, definitely, yeah. My 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 whole point is, you said it perfectly. If if Donovan Mitchell is not on that team, they're in big trouble because, as we know, Gordon no. Hayward left in free agency, yeah. and we actually were talking about um speaking of Gordon Hayward, who ironically he's he's happy this weekend. You know that with the Ooh. contract that was given to him out of Charlotte. We're we're gonna get into that in a little bit, but when he left Utah. Utah fans were distraught. They were wondering what's going to be the future of this franchise. You even know this, um, Justin. At one point, people were even scared enough um, that the team might have even um, wound up getting moved. And sites oh, yeah, like Seattle. Yeah, right. yeah sites like oh, I Seattle. I Seattle was back in the NBA. Oh, man. Oh, that would be perfect. I think we all dream of that. I think there still is a possibility that it could happen. But the, the I won't lie. It has to be. They have to be given the franchise back. Because I've looked at several teams that could possibly do that. And I always looked at, like, the Kings. I felt like they were the next closest yeah. team to get moved. You know what I mean? To Seattle. Like, relocate them because their um their fan base, it, it's not really – it's you don't want to say genuine, but it's not like other fan bases. There doesn't seem to be a a real, um you know, gravitational loyalty. pull yeah. and loyalty. Right. Yeah. um For basketball in Sacramento, anyways. So – Seattle's been dying for its basketball team back. But that's not going to happen anymore because the Kings have a new arena opening up. So, you know, they're heavily invested in, in Sacramento. So that's never going to happen. But, yeah, that would be a great site to have. Um, the Supersonics back in Seattle. I think we can all as NBA fans dream of that and hope that it does happen. But speaking of um, Supersonics, I think um, we can both agree that if they were still um, – if they were still a running franchise – um, Russell Westbrook would have been one of the players drafted on that team, being he is an ex-Oklahoma City Thunder. And um, I want to get your opinions, Justin, because, bro, I keep hearing just the rumor mill is going crazy. I think you know this. People saying Westbrook is on his way to New York. That's the Knicks, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, people are saying that he might be on his way to Washington, so I want to see what's your yeah, opinion on, on that before we get into more trade talk. Oh, it blew my mind away when I heard about the uh, the Washington Houston trade rumors. Um, I couldn't believe it. Um, it was like funny to me because like you know Wall and and uh, Westbrook are basically like the same exact player. Like you know they're yes. exactly the same. So it was like you're swapping. <laughs> it was like you know going to the A train to the C train. Like <laughs> that's how I look at it. It's like whoa, like, you really gonna just swap these two identical players? I, mean, I, I get it. You know they're both not happy with their situations. I know what Wall. He just requested a trade because he felt disrespected by that trade rumor. But, I thought that was um, hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious just because like bro, you know you're not gonna get traded. You came off an age injury. You know cause he's my favorite player right now. But I gotta keep it real, like. Just came off an injury, you're making like 140 million. I that's, mean, what I was, think? that's what yeah, I was like, gonna bring. <laughs> I was like, what do you think, bro? And then they're like, they're both on super big contracts. So, you know, for them to request these trades, and you know, it's it's kind of like crazy to me because Westbrook, like, don't get me wrong, he's an MVP player. You know, we've seen him have historical seasons with the triple doubles and everything, but I just don't know, like. If he, where would where would we even have 
uh, a chance to see him, you know, be that same player from Oklahoma City again when now he's 31. You know, he had got injured this summer. And I just don't know if any team was willing or is willing to trade for that, a guy like that because of, you know, the not only the injury with Westbrook, but like the attitude that comes with Westbrook. You know, he's very passionate as a player. But, you know, sometimes he like he loses himself in a way. And and I don't think like a young team like New York should go for that route right now just because like we're trying to build we're trying to build an identity and we don't know if Westbrook fits that identity right now. You said it you said it um perfectly. I think when you look back at it, um when when we're talking about Westbrook, he is one of my favorite players really of all time um in yeah, his generation I mean, everyone enjoys yeah bro like i'm with you on that like everyone enjoys his game bro i think what i think when we look at it we i can support westbrook for so long um i've been behind him to finally like n- not just make it far if he's not gonna win a championship at least i can like because i'm such a, a westbrook fan because of his attitude like you said the way he represented the city of yeah, Oklahoma, yeah. Very loyal. and I mean, you you remember the um five years ago how that went down, but um my my thing with Westbrook is even I can agree by now. My own brother um we're NBA fiends, but he tells me a joke all the time when Westbrook plays. He's like, I can see Westbrook up by twenty, and he'll say like in the fourth quarter he'll be like, "You ready for the implosion?" And we'll both start laughing because we'll both look at it and say, "Wow." He really gave up a 20-point lead, but it's the fashion that he does it. Fast breaks, losing the ball on on um just just idiotic turnovers, um, not playing team basketball. Um, and I and I kind of like feel for him because he knows that he's the heart and soul of a team sometimes, but he's not on Oklahoma City anymore, and he's got James Harden right next to him. Ironically enough, they both share this same kind of dilemma where when the playoffs come. They both implode. That's that's the irony behind them. And after this past season, I think it said even more about both of them because they were taken to seven games by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ironically, their ex-franchise um, and a team that should have never, ever sniffed seven games against them. So another irony in that is that they both find themselves in trade talks. And you said this last week to me, Justin. You said, I didn't even know this, but you said – the rumor was that Westbrook actually had requested the minute that Mike D'Antoni was fired, he actually requested, um, I want to get off of Houston. And then when they asked him specifics, somebody said, I don't think this is going to work with James. So he's trying to get away from James. People might see it vice versa. James is trying to get away from Russell. So what's your opinion on that? All these trade talks between now James Harden. Um, I mean, they still have respect for each other, honestly. They're still friends. I've seen, um, you know, the day right after, the day after uh, Westbrook requested the trade, um, Harden actually posted him on social media wishing him a happy birthday. So there's no bad blood between the two. I just feel like they both know um, the situation in Houston isn't good for both of them and that they're in, like, a, a championship now mode. And I don't – and I'm, I think they know, like, now that Mike D'Antoni's not there and it was so hard for them to even find a, a real head coach, they just knew, like – they. I, I just feel like they know that Houston isn't really 
the place to be right now for a championship. And I think they both know, like, they would have a way better opportunity in Eastern Conference to even make a finals right now because we all see that the Lakers, you know, they're they're overpowered right now. Um, the Warriors were supposed to be, like, you know, a championship uh, caliber team this year before Klay Thompson got injured. But you know, And we'll talk about that later because that was, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was very heartfelt news to hear. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I just feel like, you know, Houston, they, they, when you look at Houston and you look at the rest of the Western Conference, you can't, you can't tell me with a straight face that they're a championship team right now. They don't – they didn't they, – they, their, their signing is DeMarcus Cousins for center. And, you know <laughs> – That's a good point. Um, nothing against DeMarcus Cousins because we all know how good he was in his days, like, you know, his prime days. He was the best but, center uh, in the NBA at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. No one can deny that. No one can take that away from him. But right now, we all know that DeMarcus Cousins isn't who he is. So the fact that they couldn't even find a real center to put along with these two guys – yet alone find a real coach and don't even have a general manager who's now the general manager for the 76ers. They just knew like, you know, it was time to, it was time to go. It was time to part ways. And, you know, Westbrook, he, folk, he wants to be focused as the number one option, which you can't be playing with James Harden. So that's where that draw, that's where that line drew. And then Harden on his end, he just wants to be a part of a championship team and, you know, a team that, you know, gives him the best opportunity right now. And that's what, I think that's what makes them both unhappy in Houston. Nothing against each other. It's just like the competitiveness, the competitive spirit between both of them is, isn't on the same team. It's not, it's not meant to be, basically. I think when you look at it, they both came into agreement. Uh, he, James needed the ball more. That's why he got Chris Paul sent to Oklahoma City. Um and he found a way that he could be with his brother again in Russell Westbrook. And it, this this storyline is going to paint out like I get to be with my brother and my brother's a superstar. Why yeah, yeah. not try it out? You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So that that's the way it's going to paint itself. Um, And like you said, a lot of people knew this. A lot of people who are diehard fans of both of them don't want to admit it because, you know, we're hoping that it does work. But it didn't. And um, after one season, you see that um, – they're desperate. Their time is is coming. Yeah. Like that's what we do. You know what I mean? That's what we do know. They're coming up on age and their time is coming and the window to win a championship is closing even faster for them. So I think you said it um right there um um crystal clear. It's not something that works for both of them. I think when you look at it because the latest the latest I heard was um James Harden getting dealt to the New Orleans Pelicans. Now I know that that sounds shocking but when we think realistically you have to look at all the nba um franchises and who has the best um package to give um to the houston rockets because like i told you last week there is no way that that brooklyn nets deal is going down and i don't even even though the names are large enough to say that i don't even consider them a super team because you've got too many alter egos on one like literally on one side of the basketball, literally two of um those players occupy the same position. One of them would have to move the shooting guard. And I just don't see that happening. I think ideally you would say, okay, we know who's moving the shooting guard. You'd think it'd be James, <clears throat> excuse me, but it would really be Kyrie. And we know Kyrie can't have the ball. We can't, Kyrie doesn't feel like a player who's going to take it really. He's, gonna, he's not going to take that type of criticism, let alone, he's not going to take that ideally 
that he has to take a back step to James Harden and he has to request the ball every now and then. You know what I mean? So I don't see how that deal goes down. On top of that, how is that deal going down without Kyrie any? You know what I mean? So that's why I brought it up. So when I think of James Harden to the Pelicans, I see that more ideally. But like you told me before, um, the Pelicans have too much um, of a good thing going on. And um, I don't see why they would even attempt to do that. They've got Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and they got a, a – let's not forget about Zion Williamson. But they just got a, a young core that sooner or later, they're going to come together and they're going to click. What do you think about that? Um, I think the Pelicans are – I think they got next, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like just like the me personally too. More years, um, yeah. You see, like the amount of draft picks they were able to get to from the 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 Lakers trade, and um, you know, getting all these you know assets like Brandon Ingram and everything, and you know, ended up getting Zion Williamson with the first overall pick. I think they just had a lot of luck, and it's gonna turn into a lot of success with that. You know, Stephen Adams was a great addition to the team it just shows you that they're not ready to compete um it's all it, to me it all relies on you know what Lonzo comes with you know Lonzo, you got the big man you got you got the superstar uh we hope to see and Zion Williamson who showed a lot of promise and um Brandon Ingram we all know who just made it to an all-star game so we're just waiting on Lonzo are you gonna make that next push are you gonna be that next guy to really step up to the plate because if you look at it bro um Lonzo had came in with a lot of hype. We all know this. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah, we all know that. And now that I, I see it, um, I, I noticed that Fox, Tatum, and Mitchell, we spoke on this earlier, they're the only ones that got a max contract. Right, the and Kings also all, gave. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all in the same draft class with Lonzo Board. yet Lonzo was picked before all three of those guys. So now we're looking at it like, hmm, if you're not even worth the max contract right now, would you even make it to your next contract or the contract after that? It just makes me wonder, you know, is Lonzo really the guy that can really put the Pelicans on top or is he going to be the one to hold them back? Because we all know he needs a jump shot. Not even need – look, look. If you're going to be – if you're going to be a good point guard or even a solid point guard, you need to do something. You need to have a role in which you could, you could benefit from. We all thought that Lonzo would be a dominant passer. Yes, he can pass. He's shown some flashes, but we need consistency now. We need to see him evolve into, you know, one of the top passes in the league. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna be good at something, you have to be great at something, especially with a team they put together. So I'm waiting on Lonzo to really step his game up, and you know, you know, to stop. There's no more excuses for him. We need to see the Pelicans really take off. He needs to be the one to do it. I think when you look at Lonzo, uh, I remember him coming out of UCLA, like you just said, Justin, there was so much hype about him. Oh, and, when, yeah. and when the Lakers took him second overall, it, was it second overall? I'm, I'm hoping that I'm right about this. But um, when, when the Lakers took him second overall, I remember, I remember thinking, what was his, what was his premier highlight um, video? Um, what, what, was the, what was the one thing, that attribute that everybody talked about? Well, it was um, a lot, a lot of it has to do with, and this is also speaking to his little brother who just got drafted by the um, Hornets, their ability to see the court, their passing. And when I look at Lonzo, 
you said it before. He has to fix his um jump shot. But I think what a lot of people are also waiting on Lonzo is, does he have that it factor? And can he take over a game when it's um what we call in the NFL, the two-minute warning? Or, or like the Knicks put it, the Foxwood Final Five. Can he take over a game and make those decisions where he becomes um a game changer? Because as we know his character, Lonzo's quiet and we perceive him to be this humble um, point guard, which we all enjoy. We, we can all be fans of that. And I kind of I applaud him for that. But that that it factor is very important because it can determine a lot of things in this league. You know what I mean? You just said it perfectly. He out of all those um, point guards that were named, Lonzo was in that class as well as them. And what's the one thing that he shares different from all three of those guards? Well, he's been the only one traded out of um, that class out of those guards, each of them have received the max. So like you said yeah. before, there's already questions. Can he be that guy? So I think that that's what it comes down to with Alonzo. People don't know if he's got that it factor where he's going to put you over the top. Like you had just said, I don't know if it's um just the way he plays, but I think he can, I believe he can become a cerebral assassin. He just, I think it's just got to be more of a push for him. But um, we, we're going to find out because I think that the Pelicans have a bunch of, of trust in him. They've got a bunch of, of b- belief that he can get it done for them. So um, when I look at it, we're just going to have to wait and find out. But speaking yeah. of which. Um, but I think his time is honestly going to be over, bro, just because, you know, they went point guard first round. So that already rings a bell. They went Kyra Lewis. So that already rings a bell to me that, you know, either wake up or you're out of here. Like. You know, so and he has to do himself a favor. Interesting enough, bro, we talked about um Kyra Lewis being on our draft board, us as Nick oh, fans. Yeah. But the funny thing about that is when we talked about it, whoa, the Pelicans got Kyra Lewis. Um, we talked, okay, um, okay, that's the first talk in a franchise that you're already thinking. If there's already a a, a position already there um occupied, if a if a um organization drafts the same position, you're already questioning, okay, what's going on here? Who's gonna get dealt? And it rightfully right. so, because you can only you can only um only one man can have that position. But um funny enough, do you, I thought that Kyra Lewis was trade um was trade bait. But now we're seeing, like you said, we don't know if if Lonzo Ball is that guy. And my also question is, what's his trade value? You know what I mean? That's another question. I don't know about that. Uh, it's, it's not it's not it's not too high right now. I'm not gonna lie. Um that's what I'm saying. Like it's either break. Is either boom or bust for him right now, you know. Um, you know, is either you get it done or you're out of here. You know, you might you might just be a backup player forever, or you just or you can show the world that you are the second overall pick that you were drafted to be, and then take off, or you know, you're gonna just look up as a overhyped flop. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of um hope and not being an overhyped flop. We've got to now focus on the New York Knicks, our franchise, and anybody who's a Knicks fan, anybody who's a New York Knicks fanatic, a Knickerbocker, you know what's been going on in this organization for the past 25 years. We haven't made a finals appearance since 1999, and the closest we came... The year I was born, and I wish I was able to see that, but unfortunately, I wasn't. (laughs) uh, And that just tells you a lot. It's been that long. I mean, that, that just tells you enough. And, and funny enough, the year I was born, that was in 94. And that was um, 
the, that was the closest that they've come to actually sniffing a championship when we lost to the Rockets um, in seven. So speaking of, of Nick's news, bro, we drafted Obi Toppin with the eighth overall pick. You called it. You even um, blew up my phone on Instagram and told me, bro, <laughs> we went with the pick. Bro, you, and I said, I wish, bro, I, brother, I wish you would have right. saw like my reaction in the living room. Like I, I was literally like, yo, jump in, scream. Like it's like I won the lottery, bro. Like I just, <laughs> I, like the anxiety I had even before they they, they turned the uh, the pick in. I'm like, next, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Then I'm like, yes, like bro, I had the craziest reaction. Like I couldn't believe it. It was like a it was like a dream, bro. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> I can only imagine, bro. Like, seriously. I And funny enough, it was like a homecoming because we Yo, saw the reaction where? on ESPN. Um, The Brooklyn bred kid is coming home. Yeah. And coming out of Dayton, I think a lot of people when our draft board, we talked about it last week. We had LaMelo Ball. We had Kyra Lewis. We had um so many other prospects um on our board where we thought, okay, who could fall where? We knew Killian Hayes was one of them, and he felt to yeah, Detroit pick before, the pick before yep. with the seventh yeah. overall. Right. So, I personally, I still had hopes that we were going to get Kyra Lewis. But when we put took Obi Toppin, I was like, I don't know why I feel good about this pick. And you you kind of, like, broke it down for me. Well, let's not forget this, bro, you told me. He, he, he was a finalist for the Naismith Player of the Year Award. You know he's a grinder. That's what we've needed in New York for a while. Yeah. And... When we look at the Knicks on roster, but we look at the core, what we're looking for as Knicks fans is we're trying to build obviously around RJ Barrett and we're trying to build around Mitchell Robinson. But specifically, we need um, young core players that can play and, and actually finesse and work into the system where RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, as well as our other young studs, are going to flourish. And we think Obi Toppin is going to fit perfectly into that role at forward. So what was your reaction? You just said you went, uh, you had so much elation when you heard the the pick. Um, and um, what was your um overall kind of like um analysis when we took him? You know, uh, after I settled in, you know, uh, celebrating the pick, you know, because I was really happy about it. Um, I just felt I, I felt good because I felt like you know what the Knicks, you know, it's consistent. It's all about consistency. So to have two straight years of you know, promising players for this team. It just feels really good. You know, he's a hometown guy. You know, he's from my neighborhood, you know, so it makes it even feel way better for me. Yeah, because this guy grew up in my neighborhood. And, you know, his journey alone alone makes you want the guy to win. You know, he was like, you know, unrecruited guy at first. You know, then he went to prep school. And that's when he then got his one date in the um, scholarship offer. And, you know, he worked so hard, he turned that that opportunity into a great opportunity because he is the first player from Brooklyn or New York in general to be drafted top 10 since Lamar Odom in 1999. So he really grinded that Dayton, a small program at that. Exactly. Put them on the map. He put Dayton on the map. And yes, he did. Unfortunately, COVID cut his season short, so we don't know if he would have won the national championship or what. But the kid, he went there, he took care of business, he grinded, and I love players like that. I love players that give the, give it their all. And I think 
hey, man, if you could turn Dayton around and you could take that opportunity over there, you could turn the Knicks around. And I think he has that potential. I think you just have to build around him. And, you know, a home, a home city guy, I think he's going to come in right away. He's not going to be scared of New York because he's, he's been here all his life, you know. So I think he's going to really be, you know, settled in. And I think he's going to just take in all the pressure and, you know, fulfill. I think you said it um, magically there. Um, Obi getting taken, it made me happy because I felt like I knew what type of player I'm already getting. Now, obviously right. – his career's got to play out. But um, the craziest thing about it is that I said this before. I'm going to say it again. What we need are guys who are going to play and run. And we've got the perfect coach for that. Thibodeau does nothing but run. I mean, that's his game. That's what he does. He's going to make you sweat it out. And he's going to make you want. He reminds me, funny enough, um, Justin, he reminds me of the white um, um, Coach Carter. He's going to make you run like he really is going to um, make you go out and and really go after it. And, and this is no half assness like you're going to play defense. You're going to play offense. You're going to go um, and play two way. This isn't this isn't a game. We're going to want it more than the other team. So that's what I feel like I'm getting with with um, Obi. Another thing about it, too, is um, he reminds me so much of um, for some reason you said this before he reminds you more of Amar Stoudemire but for some reason for me I'm looking at a at a bigger Marcus Smart funny enough so (laughs) yeah like I think I yeah I think like if he works on his game he can be very special for us um I was very elated with the pick because when I'm looking at our roster I'm looking at okay who fits where um okay and then I look at the age you know what I mean I'm like Okay, we got Obi Toppin. What does that mean with Julius Randle? And speaking into Knicks news, we saw our general manager, our president, by the way, um, Leon Rose. He cleared house this past weekend. Um, he got he got rid of um a lot of players on the team. Um, he declined Bobby Portis's option. He declined a lot of players' options. Alfred Payton was declined, but he's coming back. Um, so what was your what was your overall um kind of like expectation? for us, bro, going into um, draft night, but really free agency with the moves that we've made so far? Um, I think we played it safe. You know, um, we all know this year's uh, free agency class isn't going to be as strong as, you know, next season's uh, class in 2021. Um, and, you know, I think we just gave fair contracts to, uh, you know, decent role players to fulfill in uh, needed uh, roles for us. You know, Austin Rivers being one of those, you know, I think that was a pretty solid pickup. You know, I thought it was a great deal. The, you know, we need a shooting. He could bring that to the table. Uh, we also, I believe, we said, yeah, signing Alpha Payton was good too, just because, you know, he's a great facilitator. You know, he plays defense and, you know, he can help bring in on, um, he can help settle in uh, for our new rookie playing guard quickly, you know, who dropped it in the first round as well. You know, you need a somebody, a veteran uh, presence to, you know, make him feel comfortable. So I think bringing him back was key to, uh, you know, our free agency. And um, also, you know, we, we signed Nerlens Noel. We all know Nerlens Noel isn't, like, the best player or didn't live up to his own hype. But uh, he's solid to Mitch Robinson, who we know get into a lot of foul troubles. So, you know, having a backup center was definitely a need for free agency. 
And I think that if Nerland Noel is hungry enough and, you know, can, you know, contribute, I think, you know, once Mitchell Robinson's out the game, you come in, you get bored, you just do what you got to do and, you know, just contribute, you know. And, you know, I think that he was solid for us. So although we didn't get, like, you know, the the uh, the Van Vliet's of free agency or, you know, the Harolds, it's okay because we know the Knicks are building. This is a process. It's not going to be a one, two, three thing. You know, we're we're looking for players that's going to play hard and that's going to uh, play for each other. I'm going to say this again, and I'm going to repeat this. Uh, Nick fans who think that we are in um, rebuild mode and it starts through free agency, you clearly haven't been paying attention. You said it yeah. um, once again, um, Justin. Um, first of all, I believed in the process about three years ago. Funny enough, I'm not using the 76er slogan. But um, I think that when we look at it, we have to also remind ourselves that we dug into the process about three and a half, four years ago that we're going to start from the ground up. You just named a couple of Kentucky um, guys on our roster. You know, we got a great shooter in Emmanuel quickly um, traded to us um, on the 24th pick, I believe it was, or either the 22nd or the 24th. Um, and yeah, we got a great shooter. We've got Julius Randle, who for most Nick fans, we want him gone. And that's just honestly, um, Obi Toppin, we are hoping obviously is going to be the starting forward moving forward. Um, no pun intended, but um, what else? Oh yeah, and people believe that we're becoming a Kentucky pipeline actually. Um, Kenny Payne, our new assistant coach, you know, he's actually coached a lot of these Kentucky players. And let's not forget, a guy who's got question marks coming into next season for us that we've got high expectations for is Kevin Knox. So we need to know what we're going to get out of him. What's your expectations uh, for Kevin Knox, um, Justin? And do you think he can turn it around? Because you know us as a fan base, we're losing our patience with him. But for some yeah, reason... I'm losing my I'm losing my mind. I am, I am too, trust me. I, but people I, believe I, that he gets flipped and we trade him a team like the Spurs will make him look like Kawhi Leonard. So what's your opinion? Um, I'm not going to give up on Kevin Knox yet just because of his age. You know, he's really young. I think he just turned 21, and that's crazy to believe because he was drafted, I think, two years ago. So he came in as a kid. And, you know, I'm still waiting for him to, like, you know, take that next step. Are you going to be like, like I said about Lonzo, are you going to be like a, a role player? Or are you going to like, you know, live up to your expectations and become a starter or an all-star? So this year determines that for him. Um, hopefully he does turn it around, you know, because he's a young player and, you know, it would be a steal if we could get him to really produce to the level we expected him to be at the eighth pick two years ago. And, you know, I'm just hoping that, you know, that not only does this season make all of our players, you know, play better than last year, but hopefully um, Coach Thibodeau, who we all know has a great resume of his own, can turn around Kevin Knox's career, you know, you know, make him tougher, I would say, because he lacks a lot of toughness. You know, the skill is there, but, you know, it's more to just having a skill in the NBA. You have to have everything. You have to have the DNA. You have to have, you have to have, you have to want it. And we just need Coach Thibodeau to coach him to want it, you know. And, you know, just take 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 your game to the next level. You're in year three now. You're, you should be comfortable within, you know, the organization. And hopefully, 
you know, we finally see the real Knox because if we can, that just says, yo, we have three promising young dudes in Knox, Barrett, and Toppins, along with Mitch Robinson. And look, we have our core right there. We could just go forward with that. All I want from Kevin is that if he can at least show me like some type of like at least Harrison Barnes type of potential before he fell off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Right before Harrison Barnes, you know, he went ahead and he um kind of fell off. Um, show me that type of RoboCop um potential. Um, show me that you can exceed that. You know what I mean? Because we have so much invested in you. You know this, um, um, just we signed, we we hired Kenny Payne, and at the end of the day, that's gonna fall on almost like Kevin Knox's like tax bracket and resume. Like people are gonna say. Right. He was hired specifically to work for you. We as Nick fans know that. You know what I mean? Right. So he's going to have to make a massive leap from his previous two years because the past two years we've seen nothing but subpar play. And we have such a high ceiling for him. We think he can be transcending. Nothing. We're, we're not painting this picture where we're saying, oh, he's going to be the next, Um, like I said, Kawhi Leonard. But we believe he can be special. And it's and you said it perfectly. If he can't show us, then I'll tell you this: this is not 15 years ago. Guys do not get four years anymore. You get two years at most, and really, in reality, you get one year. And after year one, we all know questions start to um to mount up. Um, right or wrong? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely agree on that. You know, um, Kenny Payne. You know, he's a Kentucky guy. You know. Um, we are strictly trying to get Knox fixed, but I think he also was brought in, you know, for a plan. We knew he was going to get quickly. Um, I think that's why we traded up anyway. So we already knew, like, we were going to get another Kentucky player. So I feel like not only is he here for Knox because he worked for Knox, but he's also here for the new rookie. And I think, you know, like, it's going to be beneficial, you know, to have him on a, um our staff because he's really good with offense and we need Knox offense to take off like it did in college. So, you know, I think that was a smart staff hire by the Knicks and, um, you know, it, it, everything is, is, is um, in line for these guys. They just have to do their part, you know, on the team. Kevin Knox, especially, you know, just, just do something productive. Absolutely. Uh, I think, um, we, we're, we're going to wait to see how the story unfolds. Obviously, we have a high ceiling for Kevin. But um, continuing with, with um, draft night news, um, over the past weekend, we saw a couple of moves made in free agency. And I want to get your opinion on some of the – let's get into some of the questionable moves by franchises because there have been some free agent signings that have left me kind of like scratching my head. And we call this kind of like – this is our version of Shaq and the Fool – free agency version and yeah. I want to get your opinion on what teams to you stood out where you said what are you doing like because I've already got my pick but we've got a bunch of free agent um signings that are leaving us um scratching our head ding 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 Michael Jordan is the winner Charlotte <laughs> what are you doing I mean it, it makes me sick <laughs> to even talk about this right now because I can't believe it. Like, who told Michael Jordan? Like, why did, did Michael Jordan just wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and just say, hey, I'm just going to blow some money today? 
Because what Seriously. were you, like what were you thinking to get Gordon Hayward, who opted out of thirty two million dollars with Boston, just to get thirty four million dollars from you in Charlotte, when he's not even a, a all star right now, he's not even a twenty five point per game scorer. He's not even – I don't even know what to say with Hayward right now. He hasn't been the same since the injury. Um, and for you to pay my, Gordon Hayward $120 million with over $30 million guaranteed, I don't. I think Michael Jordan should just resign. I don't even think he should be allowed to even, you know, sign anyone ever again. You know, I mean, like, he had me with the LaMelo pick. I, I love the pick. but Finally, right, we clapped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you know me. I've been clowning Michael for a, a minute now Absolutely. about, you know, his past drafts. And I feel like everyone overlooks Charlotte because of the Knicks being so popular. But, yeah, Michael Jordan is just as bad when it comes to drafting. But I didn't think he would be, ter- like, horrific when it comes to free agency signing. I think that was just a horrible contract, and it's not going to work. I'm just saying Michael Jordan my automatic pick. Ding, 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 ding. You said it perfectly, my friend. Um, <laughs> I have to not just agree with you. I'm going to get into my pick right now um, real um, soon, but I've got to kind of expand on what you said. Um, this is where kind of like the best player of all time, ironically, this is why it just doesn't always translate into um, qualifying you to be the leader of your, not just your franchise, it is your franchise, but for you to be making general manager and president um, um, transactions and moves. um, you, you said it perfectly. Gordon getting $120 million is beyond shocking. I mean, you got to really question what's going on in Charlotte. But let's look back. You said this before. If it's not um drafting, then it's in free agency they're making mistakes. Let's let, let's look at their um their past um draft picks we're looking at Malik Monk he's a pretty good shooter but does he fit the system what is Charlotte's system we don't know two we've got guys like Michael Kidd Gilchrist did he pan out I don't even I don't even want to go there you're signing guys like Fistback Biombo overpaying him oh I mean I I, I, it just it it kind of just doesn't make any sense let's not even forget Cody Zeller like another one that it's funny enough in my opinion, he had more talent than his brother, respectfully. Yeah, definitely. But you you definitely. said it perfectly. I mean, you're overpaying for these guys, and they're not resulting – people, they're not even resulting into playoff appearances. Let's, let's not forget that. They're not resulting into anything in Charlotte. They literally are a journeyman team. Do you understand what that means? They just suit up every season. Right. And, and I feel like people need to really pay attention to Michael Jordan at this point because, look, I was sick of Mike picking people after he passed up on Bradley Bill for Michael K. Gilchrist. That's when I knew, like, mm. what were you doing? Like, who told you this was a good idea? I mean, I don't know where to rank all of his worst decisions, but I think Gordon Hayward right now should be at the top. If this if this flopped, because not only did he get the most money, I mean, oh man, did we even forget Nicholas Batum, bro? Uh, and, I and, mean, and oh the, my god. Here's another thing. I, 
I'm glad that even though we are the failing franchise and the laughing stock of the NBA for like 20 years now, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, la- I laugh that we're, I laugh and I can console myself that we're finally making the right moves because no matter what you tell me, they, uh, there are franchises out there that keep making the wrong moves. You just said this um, and you just brought up another um, name to my head. Nicholas Batum, like you said, he was a great shooter at one point. And, and I mean, what happened there? And then on top of that, Tony Parker. Tony Parker getting that deal that he did about two and a half years ago, an aging point guard who's on his way out and is officially out. He retired. What 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 was Charlotte thinking? I, I just don't get it. But my my personal um pick for this um for this week's Shaq in the Fool version, free agent um version, um is the Detroit Pistons. I mean, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They signed three centers, virtually three centers. They signed, um, well, you would think this is this was a good deal, but they signed, um, they took Jeremy Grant from um the Nuggets, but they wound up signing Mason Plumley. And then remember this name when we were looking at him like he could be a future great center. He's a little Okafor. They're just they're just giving guys money out there, Justin. Like, what do you think? Um. Another, another, another team. You know, don't I don't know where what direction they're going to. They they just have money just to have it. They're just another lost team. Um, yeah, that Detroit. I just I, I can't put my name on it. You know, they're so irrelevant right now. <laughs> um, I mean, like, like where where are they going with this? Like, I just don't understand. Like, you have a bunch of big men. You have Blake Griffin on the roster. What what are you really doing? Because you traded Andre Drummond, and you didn't even pick a center in the NBA draft. You didn't even you didn't even like you know evolve from that move. You you allowed the Hawks to draft a center at the sixth pick. You didn't move up. You didn't replace Drummond. So what direction is Detroit really going into? I don't know. I really don't care because that team really is irrelevant to the NBA right now, and you know has been for like damn near 10 years <laughs> great point just um the funny thing about it um i was gonna tell you um you're not lying man um the fact that you brought up blake griffin's name still a a quality and and pretty much star forward in the league not a superstar but a star forward in the league you don't know any type of direction that that um i feel bad for him you don't know what direction detroit's going in he's literally stuck on like i said before a journeyman team that has no guidance and on, when you look at it too, um, Justin, I don't even think they addressed any of their positional vacancies, any of their positional problems, and that's just shocking to me. Because besides, like, yeah, besides the killing Hayes pick, I really don't understand what what direction they're going into. You know, um, yeah, Detroit, just a lost team. I think they'll be at the top of the draft again. Um, yeah, and there's just no hope for them right now. I don't even know who's that coach. Do you know who's that coach? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. I really don't. That's the funny. I really don't know what to like put on with that team. I think the last, the last I can remember, um, that the last time um the Detroit Pistons had like hope was when I believe Joe Dumars was running um was running um the, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, general yeah. manager. And bro, that was almost seven to ten years ago. That's how I mean, bad Detroit. I, I think they're another team that needs to sell a team because it's like, man. I mean, I know Detroit has a great name, you know, 
from the 90s and 2000s. But, I mean, right now, it's just, like, they're no use. I mean, there's no one filling in the seats. There is, like, I don't know. I just don't know what to say. It still doesn't top Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan is still the one that decided to give Gordon Hayward money, but didn't, but couldn't have money to sign Campbell Walker. But I, I won't even talk <laughs> on that. I don't even want to speak on that again. So that is such <laughs> that is such a key point. You get you get so much applause for that one. I got to clap for that one. I mean, for yeah. gosh sakes, that that is a great point. I mean, you're talking about an All Star caliber, even if he just continues to just grit his way to it. He's going to be an underrated Hall of Famer in Kemba Walker. Right. So the fact that you just said it, you wouldn't pay Kemba. And, and Kemba was saying, and he's not even from Charlotte, but he plays for them and has um, grown into, into um, North Carolina as one of their own. Um, he said, I'd even give you a, home ca- a hometown discount. It wouldn't be as large as, you know, like we're talking 10 million, but, you know, a little hometown discount. I'd come back. No. Michael said, I'm done with him. He can move on. And now you see where Kemba is. He was about four games away from the NBA Finals. So that tells you enough. You know what I mean? It tells you enough about one franchise and what tells you about another. But speaking of which, I actually want to get into um, the God. I call this segment the God grace given um, franchises. And what I mean by that are teams that actually avoided making disastrous moves this past um this past free agency week. And the one I want to start with, Justin, is actually Indiana. Because ironically enough, mm, yeah. they were they were about to sign Gordon Hayward, bro. It was reported yeah. oh, that wait, wait, wait. When I didn't bring them up, did they what was what's the case with Victor Aladipo? What's his what's his situation? Now, I, I'm glad that you brought that up and we can get into this conversation. Because here's my thing with Victor Oladipo. A lot of people have been saying, even even this conversation, they've been saying well, I think Victor Oladipo could actually, um, speaking of, of the Knicks real quick, um, he could he could be a future Nick. We could find a way if he landed in free agency to, um, to recruit him over and get him over here. Here's the problem to me, my opinion on Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo is not a guy that's going to put you over. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. the thing about Victor Oladipo is I believe that Indiana is analyzing and they're kind of carefully – um, envisioning what, how they're going to move in their future. And I think they're starting to realize Victor's not that guy. To me, Victor right. at most is the shooting guard of a championship team, let alone the sixth man. And they're starting to come into grips and realize that. Um, some people will say, well, that's not fair because, you know, he comes back from an ACL tear and he shows that he's still, um, he's still a good player. But on top of that, when we come back into the bubble this past season, um, he doesn't have Sabonis and he doesn't have a lot of um he does he still had a lot of his starting um five. He had Malcolm Brogdon, um, who came over from Milwaukee, and he had um um Miles Turner, but he didn't have um Sabonis with him and he didn't have a couple of other guys. So but but in my opinion, Victor Oladipo is not that guy who who puts you over. So I don't know how Indiana is kind of like looking at him right now. I believe that they're looking at him the way I am, but I'm not too sure of it. Um, what do you think, though, personally? Because I think that they're on the brink of moving on from him. Um, I think, yeah, I heard he was really disrespectful to the team, too. Like, when he was uh, – I heard in the, in the news that he was telling teams like Miami 
on New York and uh, Toronto to come get him, you know, and right in front of his teammates. I feel like, you know, as, after that, the, uh, the bond really broke between him and Indiana. And I feel like there is no future there. Uh, I don't even believe Victor is a number one for a team at this point. You know, I think he's still a good player, a two or third option, second or third option. But to be the main guy, I don't think he is right now. Um, the injury set him back. And I just think that the Pacers have to move on and go into rebuild mode too because um, that's another city that no one really wants to play like as a free agent, free agent like Oklahoma City. So it's a smaller market. And for them, they got to build through the draft. It's just not going to work, you know, this way. I mean, like you just trade Victor, see what you get out of it, you know, and move on and start from scratch. I mean, they did get R.J. Hampton out of the draft. Um, so, out. Oh, no, Matt, Matt, they traded him to uh Denver. Oh right, they did actually. Good point. Yeah, um, yeah. So no point. <laughs> of that, that kind of almost questions me. What is their their kind of future? Because um, right. Or what direction they're going? Right. Because I'm like, okay. Then do you do you do you guys officially believe that that Victor isn't the um the guy? To, to, to lead this franchise into a potential championship in the future. And we, as NBA fans, know we can we can come to grips with it. He's not the guy, but we don't know what the front office is thinking. So I'm looking at some of their um transactions, and I'm not really seeing, you know, anything newsworthy or anything that, that sticks out to me. You know, I think the most shocking news coming out of Indiana was the fact that in August they fired Nate McMillan, who we thought was doing a great job in Indiana, you know what I mean? So I kind of question what's going on there, but um, Tom will tell. I don't know um, if it was more of a of a front office move, like we think we can go a better direction, um, but we'll have to see to find out. Um, another team that sticks out to me um, are the Denver Nuggets. Um, they actually kind of lost some guys in free agency. Um, uh, they lost Torrey Craig. And I thought he was a great defender for them. Yeah, he, I believe, signed with the Spurs. And um, I know that that they also lost somebody else. Uh, Well, they lost Mason Plumlee. So, you know, coming into – Yeah, and they lost Jeremy Grant. Thank you. Right. So, um, coming into next season, you know, I think when you look at it, they've already got it figured out that they've got a great point guard. We saw him – we saw him light up – the playoffs. I mean, he became transcendent. Um, but what's your what's your opinion on on Denver moving on into next season? Because they've had some key losses. Um, I think Denver's gonna be straight. You know, I think you know they're um, you know they drafted well, and um, I think they know how to uh, get the best out of any player that's on that team. You know, remember got to got to remember that Nicholas Jokic was a second round pick that turned into uh, probably the best center in the in the world right now. And, you know, I think they just, their coach is one of the best coaches right now. He knows how to coach. He knows how to get the best out of his guys. Jamal Murray's going to come back more fired up than ever. Absolutely. You know, his great run. And I think, you know, I think Michael Porter is going to even grow. So I think they, they have a, they're, they're so good. And they, they, even though they lost people, they're going to gain because Bobo is going to come back even better. You know, they just have young talent. And, you know, you can't, you can't deny that, you know, a team with that much potential, 
will never fall off. You know, they have so much more to give and they're going to keep growing and the chemistry is going to just get stronger with that team. Yeah, I was a bit hyperbolic with um their losses. Their losses were more on defense and funny enough, they were more role players. They weren't really the starting, any starting type of caliber players. So you're absolutely right. Bobo's only going to get better. Jamal Murray is an emerging star. And we're talking about the best center in the league. Um, whichever way you want to put him at forward or center, um, Nikola um, Nurchik, he, he, I mean, I said Nurchik, um, Joker, um, he's going to he's gonna be great. I mean, that's no debate. That tandem between him and Murray, it, for years to come, they're going to be amazing. They're kind of almost um, – well, they proved it this past um, um, playoffs that they, they could handle and were a bit better than the tandem of Donovan Mitchell and um, Rudy Gobert. But, um, yeah, I think that they're going to be uh, – they're not going to fall off. You're absolutely right because, like you said before, they acquired R.J. Hampton. So they, they still yeah, they um, built a, a bit of depth. Absolutely right. They built some depth um, right, um, right behind Murray. So they're not really going to go anywhere. Um, they just got some holes to fill, but they're going to be great again. We know it. Um, another topic I want to talk about is um, back into the trade rumors. Um, We've got to talk about this. The the Bogdan Bogdanovich deal fell apart, bro. And, oh, by the way, bro, um, uh, Bam Adebayo just got a uh, $163 million uh, max contract. From the Heat, huh? Yeah. Great for him. He he proved to me that he is actually the – um. yeah, I just got the report here too. Um, $163 million expected over five years. I mean, Pat Riley – one of the best, um, really head coach, um, general man, I mean, presidents in league history. Um, he sees the talent. I don't blame him. Um, but I was like, like I was saying before, um, the, the, um, the deal fell apart this past, um, Thursday for, um, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. And it happened to be a, a disagreement. He never, he never ever agreed to the sign and trade to, um, Milwaukee. So, what was your opinion on that? And now it's just looking even more tense in Milwaukee. Oof, I mean, that's embarrassing to even announce that. Um, and it that and it fell apart. You know, that it just makes Milwaukee look worse. It makes Giannis. I think it's just turn. It's gonna. It's a turn off right now. You know, I don't see the move they made that makes them so much better than they were. Um, Drew, Drew Holiday, like we spoke on last episode, um, good player, not worth three first rounders, definitely, you know, and even that deal right now, I heard they're still trying to extend that and work on more pieces to that deal, so that's not even finalized. I just think Milwaukee's all over the place right now, and I don't, I just think they missed their opportunity not acquiring Chris Paul, and I think, you know, now. If they miss out on Bogdanovich, there is no way um, Giannis returns. I just I can't see it, and you know he has a month to sign that contract. So hey, let's see let's see where where his heart is. Absolutely, and the the um, original details of the deal, the original trade proposal was you know Bogdan on his way to Milwaukee for Dante DiVincenzo, who we've seen. He's a great on-the-ball defender, but also offensive player coming out of Villanova. And Ersan Ilyasova, uh, uh, along with DJ Wilson, who I believe 
if I'm not wrong, he went, um, he played for Michigan. So, um, yeah, um, that whole deal just unraveled and it broke apart simply because Bogdan just said, I'm not, I never agreed to it. And funny enough, he signed, <laughs> he signed a deal. He signed a deal with um, Atlanta. So, um, oh, yeah, he did. yeah, he did. So it kind of just oh. questions like, wait, what's, that's today. I'm sorry. I really missed that. Yeah, um, I believe that that um he did sign um that deal with Atlanta or that deal's about to be finalized. I know that that happened. I believe the finalization was um happening on Sunday. But, oh yeah, I yeah. See. They they gave him forty eight hours to decide. Right. Um, I personally, you just said it. Now it's just looking like Giannis. There's a good chance he's not coming back because he's not signing that deal. He's not signing the max. Um, wait, wait. here's what's more embarrassing for the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, if, if he doesn't sign back and you and you trade three first round picks that you know you thought would be late, now imagine if he do, does leave, you just give you just gave the Pelicans three potential lottery picks if he does not sign back because we all know if Giannis leaves that team is falling off. It's no question about it. I I know that um, uh, Chris Middleton is still on the team. However, I don't think he can carry a team. I also believe that he isn't as good as people make him to be not my like it's my personal opinion so i think without giannis they're gonna fall off and then they're gonna make the pelicans win that trade because all of those picks are gonna be hot you didn't just you didn't just um put the nail on the coffin but what you also what people also got to realize even though he's a role player um the team chemistry is gonna fall apart but even before that you said it you said it they're gonna fall off without giannis they're not going to be – forget about – you got to hope that they're even competitive, and that will be in the limbo. That is going to be a question mark. Um, I wouldn't say Ursan Ilyasova. You know, he's a veteran by now. He knows that this comes along with the league, and he's a role player. But a guy, a young kid like Dante DiVincenzo, who probably thought, I'm going to be a Milwaukee Buck for a long time. You know, I'm going to play my heart out here. Now he knows that the front office tried to trade him. You know what I mean? And it happens all yeah. the time. You know, young guys – they're part of trade packages. It happens. It's part of the business of sports. But imagine how he feels. Like you said before, um, Justin, they're they're gonna lose out on Giannis. You just traded for Drew Holiday for Drew Holiday to entice Giannis to stay. It's not gonna happen. Drew Holiday is not gonna keep them competitive. And on top of that, um, you couldn't land Bogdan Bogdanovich, another loss. And then you gotta um look at it from the rear view, like, damn. Who's to say Dante DiVincenzo doesn't turn into something and then he wants nothing to do with Milwaukee? You know what I mean? So, I mean, sheesh. Yeah, they're just all over the place right now. And I just just don't know, you know, what to say or put on for the the Bucs. You know, we all know they're going to be a playoff team now. But, you know, in the long term, it's, it's just it's over. The run is over. I think. If I, if I'm if I'm the Bucks, um, I try I try like you know I mean you know me man I want him on Dallas I want Giannis on Dallas I think that's the right. best uh, position and uh, city for him and I think you know if you can if if you can you can just trade Porzingis for Giannis and you gain a superstar star back and you know or. You can just I don't know I don't know I just don't know what to say for the Bucks right now I just know that they're not. They're not going to be the same. 
Right, right. Um, I also wanted to point out that other notable um offseason acquisitions, um, Serge Ibaka is on his way to the Los Angeles Clippers, so they replaced oh, yeah, 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 yeah. um their young guy um and their young center who won Sixth Man of the Year, who um traded his Clipper colors for um the guys across um across the arena who just won it all um for the Lakers um so they replaced him they they replaced Montrez O'Harrell with Serge Ibaka um Carmelo Anthony is resigning with the Portland Trailblazers um, and Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague are actually Celtics. So there've been some moves um, that's been going on in the NBA, but um, right before we get into the last topic for the day, um, just, I want to go back and discuss um, something that we said before. And what was your reaction when you heard the, the heartfelt um, breaking news that um, Clay Thompson had tore his Achilles? Oh man. Um, I was really shocked. And I really felt um, sorry for him just because I know, like, you know, the process of, you know, working so hard to get back from an injury and then re-injuring yourself. I know it's devastating, you know, and um, I wanted to see him and Curry back on the court. It's been so long. I think we've all been waiting for this. Uh, Absolutely. Reunion. And for, for that to happen, you know, like right a couple of weeks before the season is so is so unfair, you know. It's taking away the joy, honestly, because we thought, like, you know, with the Warriors return, let's see how, how competitive this would really be for the Lakers and, you know, the Clippers. We just, I, just, I just want to see everyone at full strength. And to see him now down with that type of injury in his 30s, I just hope this isn't like a Kobe Bryant moment where, you know, you know his prime is cut short, you know, and this is the end. I hope that he recovers. But yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's really it really sucks, you know. I really feel sorry for Clay, and you know, let's see let's see what direction they go from here. Absolutely, I I mean, you see, um, the Warriors, um, actually, some of the rumors were, um, it's it's funny how this circles all back to Sam Presti. Um, he acquired Kelly Oubre, um, this past um Thursday, yeah. and then he flipped them to the Warriors after the news broke that. Clay Thompson won't be there for 2021. So um, yeah. the Warriors are looking at a starting five that includes Stephen Curry. Um, they actually signed Kent Bazemore for some bench depth. That, but we're looking at Stephen Curry at, at point guard, um, their new second overall pick, um, James Wiseman at center, um, Kelly Oubre at shooting guard, um, Draymond Green back at small forward, and over at power forward, I'm not too sure. Um, I can't even remember. Um but I know that it, it should be somebody that um, I do know. I'm just not getting the name right now. But, yeah, that, that starting five is going to be interesting. I still believe that Steph will keep them competitive, but it isn't the same. Um, the Splash Brothers together pretty much guarantees at least a seventh to an eighth seed. They have a Cinderella season. Um, then they could be anywhere from a second to a sixth seed. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, it just it kind of, like, breaks your heart. Um, I wanted, I wanted to see the Splash Brothers back together. I thought it was going to be amazing to hear um, just just that call from Marv Albert and some of the TNT crew when, when they score, um, to hear that um, that kind of um, tandem again. But we won't be seeing Clay, and we're hoping for a safe recovery for him until 2022. But in the last topic of the day, bro, I actually want to cover um, – I call this segment um, the saving grace – um, um, the saving grace um, team segment. I want to talk about the teams who actually avoided a free agent 
or um, draft um, signing that would have kind of, in our um, opinion, kind of derailed the team. And I'm going to start with actually us here in New York. Now, we don't know if this is true just yet, but Russell Westbrook, we, we hear the talks every day that he may come here, he may not. But um, this past, um, I believe it was on Friday, um, Fred Van Vliet signed his extension with the Raptors. And me personally, I think that they avoided um, a derailment with um, the Fred Van, Vliet, Fred Van Vliet signing. So what's your opinion or what team comes to mind when you think they avoided um, actually signing um, disaster? Um, I wouldn't call him. I wouldn't consider Van Vliet a disaster. I just don't think he's the um, he's the right signing for the city. Uh, you know, eighty five million is really good for you know for today's NBA contracts. You know, but not for you know what we're looking for. You know, Van Vliet is a pretty cool player. I think he fits the uh, Toronto lifestyle. You know, that system. But I don't think he's a superstar, and you know. I don't know. I just can't. I can't put my name on it. Like I can't wrap it around it right now. But I think like you know he earned his money there because you know he really did his thing there. I'm not gonna lie. He's the first undrafted player to get such a high contract too. So you know he really worked for that. But I think Toronto was the only option for him. I personally do think too. I believe he's a system player. Um, and I'm. I- Funny enough, we kind of like toss that word around um, now in the NBA um, kind of like frequently now, like, oh, he can only work in that system or under that coach, like Brad Stevens being a system coach, Gordon Hayward. That's that's kind of like why you saw him drift so um, far um, from what he was in Utah. Yeah, the injury kind of um, derailed him and have, he hasn't been the same since, but um, he couldn't find his role in general um, this past season um, when he returned to the Celtics. So um, with Fred Van Vliet, I think he fits um, the Raptor system terrifically, but he fits them perfectly because they know exactly what they're getting out of him, but he knows how to play under Nick Nurse. So I personally believe that they, um, they made a good signing. And, and, you know, I was kind of like just applauding them because I knew that I didn't have to hear any more of this Fred Van Vliet talk. Me personally, I think he's a good player. He's a great story. But at most, he would have yeah, to be the sixth man on this team. Yeah, he's not. He's not the uh, the franchise changer, so you can't pay him like one. So you know, I think he's a solid, uh, complimentary piece next to Kyle Lowry and Siakam. But he's not the guy you want to pay to, like you say, you know, lead to the playoffs. You know, as like the first guy and stuff. So. I just don't think that signing would have been beneficial for the Knicks. And I'm glad that, you know, they kept their ground and didn't throw this money at people for no reason. Of course. And we're going to have to see um, how the rest of these moves um, obviously um, pan out. But um, it's been one heck of a, um, of a week so far. And now we're heading into Thanksgiving break. So right before we sign off, we want to actually thank everyone who tunes in and listens to us on SFC Radio. We hope that everyone has a safe and um, happy Thanksgiving yeah. under these obvious measurements. Um, any final words, bro? Yeah, just um, everyone stay safe. Like uh, my co-host, my co-host Hector said, you know, you know, stay safe. You know, it's been a it's been a rough year, pandemic year, of course. You know, something we're not used to, but you got to just enjoy uh, these moments with our loved ones and you know appreciate every day. You know, a lot of people lost their lives. 
um, during this pandemic. So they can't even celebrate Thanksgiving. So now that we're here, we just got to be thankful, grateful, and uh, just appreciate life, you know, for what it is. And, you know, happy holidays to everyone. Stay safe. And, you know, wish you guys the best and your Thanksgiving. Right, bro. Um, everything you just said, I have to agree um, with. And right before we sign off, uh, funny enough, um, Justin was telling me um, right before and during the episode that um, Bam Adebayo of the Miami Heat just agreed to an extension. And now Brandon Ingram of the New Orleans Pelicans just agreed to his max. He's getting five oh, yeah, years, yeah. $158 million. So uh, I, it just tells you how much news is and, and, and just um, – transactions are, are getting done so we hope that you enjoyed this episode um we hope that um we've obviously found a way to um bring you guys um some type of amusement and entertainment during these times but um we want to thank everyone for listening to us on sfc radio be sure to check out the other podcasts on the sfc radio um board and we hope to see you guys soon all right take care y'all